0: In today's episode, I recap my very first tournament, the Smart Poker Study Tournament on America's Card Room. Good day, poker peeps. Thank you so much for tuning in to this tournament recap episode. So I played or I held my first $50 guaranteed No Limit Hold- Hold'em tournament on October 21st, 2020. Now what you're about to hear, I actually recorded this podcast as a video as well because I went through six different hands in PokerTracker 4. Um, I did my best in the audio as I was going through the hands. To describe the action, the pot sizes, the bet sizes, the board, the whole cards, all that jazz, the players that I was up against. But if you want to see me go through these six hands and kind of some of the things that I look for as I review my post-tournament play, well, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash Tournament. Scroll on down. This video, this tournament recap video, will be posted about one-third of the way down the page or so. But... If you want to stick around and listen to me speak about uh, about this tournament, the winners, congratulating the winners, naming them, of course, giving them shout outs in the podcast and then going through my six hands, please stick around. OK, gumbate. This is damn exciting stuff. So I'm going to recap uh, some of the big hands, uh, some of my big hands from my first tournament, the Smart Poker Study Tournament, which was held on America's Card Room, October 21st, 2020, just a few days ago. Now, I didn't make the money, didn't take it down, of course, but I have to congratulate South Bay Poker for taking this one down. It was a 10 buy buy-in with a $1 rebuy, $1 add-on, and I don't know if he put any rebuys or add-ons in, probably the add-on at least, so he probably spent $2.10, but to win $29, if he spent just $2.10, that's like a 1,400% return on investment. What an awesome tournament to play in and to take down, right? So, South Bay took first place $29, Razor Sharp second place at $18, Fearless Fly earned $12 in third place, Mood Man $8, fourth place, and Island Time 21, fifth place, and $5. Thank you all so much for participating, I appreciate it, and everybody else, there was actually 36 players, 18 rebuys, 19 add-ons, the prize pool was $73, which beat the $50 guarantee, always love it when the guarantees get beat, right? The tournament only took two and a half hours, but I busted in 21st place well outside of the money when my hand, my ace queen lost versus Y floppers ace nine, but we'll actually take a look at that hand in just a second. Um, If you want to play in the next tournament with me, it's going to be held mid to late October stay tuned to the podcast if you're on the weekly newsletter i'll let you know um, you can also visit this tournament page smartpokerstudy.com/sps tournament and at the top i'll always put the upcoming tournament details right up there so you know not to miss it or know how to not miss it i guess i don't know how to pronounce that so let's take a look at poker tracker 4 After a tournament, I always like to review some of my biggest winning hands, my biggest losing hands, uh, and any hands that I tag to see where my mistakes were. I'll take note of those and work to not repeat them in the next tournament. Same kind of thing I do for cash game sessions or study sessions, right? So if we take a look, pull up the tournament in PokerTracker 4, you could see uh, I finished in 21st place, 76 hands played. I was a 32-27 player. Nicely loose, aggressive, right? I found a lot of opportunities to open raise. I ISO raised a few times. I didn't do that many calls, but, you know, I was just overall just a more aggressive than a passive player. Sometimes when I review hands, I'll start at the very first hand and just work my way down, see if I maybe missed out on some good steal opportunities where I folded instead of uh, uh, open raising, see if I missed out on good three betting opportunities when I just called instead of three betting, whatever it might be. But another thing I like to do is look at, like I said earlier, big losing hands and big winning hands. So I'll sort the column within Poker Tracker 4 by big blinds 1. Now, let's take a look at these two hands right here. I won 31 big blinds with 9-8 offsuit in the first hand. Let's see what the action is. Two folds. I'm under the gun plus 2. I open raise to 3 big blinds with 9-8 offsuit. And I'm starting the hand right here with 39 big blinds. Forks decides to call. Three folds, Demonic Goat in the small blind decides to call, and the big blind folds. So we're three-way to the flop. I'm the pre-flop raiser. In between two players, I have 9-8 offsuit. Now, a key thing with tournaments, always pay attention to your opponent's chip stacks. Forks has 63 big blinds behind after calling. Demonic Goat, pretty a uh, m- mid-stack at 24 big blinds. And me, 36 big blinds after I open-raised. Flop comes down 983 rainbow. I hit top two pair. Loving this right now. Demonic Goat in the small blind checks. I C bet four value, 6.5 big blinds into the 10 big blind pot. Forks folds. Demonic Goat decides to call. Now, the interesting thing here, after his call, 23 big blinds in the pot, he only has 17 big blinds behind. And with 17 big blinds behind, he attempts a bluff. With 12.5 big blinds. And at the time, I didn't know this, but he actually picked up a gut shot on the turn queen. So the queen is, or the board on the turn, queen nine eight three with two hearts. He picked up a gut shot, and instead of bluff shoving, he made, maybe he tried to make it look like a value bet. He bet roughly half pot with his gut shot draw as a semi-bluff. I said, hey, buddy, I'm not believing you. It's not like you ha- always have to have 10 jack here to make this bet. He could have just a queen, whereas my two pair beats his queen. He could have a gut shot. He could have picked up a heart draw right there, and it's just bluffing on a heart draw. So I decide to raise, put him all in with my two pair, and he calls off his remaining five big blinds with just a gut shot on the turn. Uh The pot is 57 big blind or 58 big blinds. The river comes a king of diamonds, does not complete his draw, and I take down that 58 big blind pot. Loving that, I'm up to about 70 big blinds right now, and I think I might be the chip leader at this point earlier in the game, right? Chip leader with my two pair on the flop. So let's take a look at the next hand, pocket queens. This was a good hand as well. I open raise to three big blinds in the hijack forks, folds, over big, decides to three bet, really small, with pocket nines to just 6.7 big blinds. He's leaving himself 12 big blinds behind. I have 24 big blinds behind. Everyone else folds, and I've got pocket queens. It looks like he's committed himself right now with about a one-third stack raise. So hey, I just say, screw it. I go over the top, put him all in. He does end up calling with his pocket nines. I flop a set of queens. He flops a set of nine, set over set. I got lucky on this one right here. The 10 hit, putting three clubs out there, but I have the queen of clubs. Deuce of clubs comes on the river, four clubs on the board. My flush wins, even though I flopped that set river at a stronger hand. And I knocked out over big in this one. So that was a lovely hand. Now, let's take a look at some of my losing hands. Uh, two of them in particular, I want to look at a big hand where I lost with Ace-Deuce. I lost 39 big blinds, and the hand that knocked me out of the tournament with Ace-Queen off-suit. Let's look at the Ace-Deuce first, and the interesting thing is these both occur against the same pl- player. There's a fold. I'm under the gun, plus one, with Ace-Deuce suited. I open a raise to three, folds around. To the button, Y Flopper, who has pocket queens. Of course, I didn't know this at the time, but I know now he's got queens. He makes a smallish three bet to seven big blinds, obviously for value, hoping I come over the top or hoping I call as well. Two folds, and what do I decide to do? Well, I'm thinking about the situation. Y Flopper is a 22 22 player three bets at 25%, which is actually two out of eight. He's been an aggressive three better right now. So I'm thinking, Hey, he's capable, fully capable of bluffing right here. So I say, screw it. I'm coming over the top 70 big blind four bet shove with the ACE two suited. Now, because I have the ACE two suited, um, my ACE blocks him from having as many ACEs, ACE King, ACE Queen, ACE Jack, you know, some of the stronger ACE X hands. And I am suited and connected. So if he does call me, well, I have a chance to hit a flush. Uh, I have an ace for an over card to his uh, underpair, right? If I hit an ace, I have an overpair hand or a stronger top pair hand, plus ace deuce gives me some straight potential as well. So I shoved. Of course, he called with his queens, right? And the board didn't help. King, 10, 8, another 10, and then a 9 on the river. Uh, So I didn't hit my flush, didn't hit a straight, didn't hit my ace. He doubled up through me. He took down an 80 big blind pot, leaving me with 30 big blinds there. So a few hands later, no, actually 70-something hands later, like this is hand number 76, my last hand of the tournament, I have 22 big blinds, I open raise under the gun, plus one to three big blinds with ace-queen offsuit, much stronger than that ace-deuce suited before. Now, I think that prior hand, and the way flopper has been playing the way I've been playing, probably informed him of his decision here. He has 36 big blinds. He 3 bets bigger to 13 big blinds with ace-nine offsuit. It's folded to me, so I have the option. I can call, fold, or come back over the top for my remaining 19 big blinds here. Now, thinking back to that prior hand, he 3-bet smaller with pocket queens. This time, he's 3-betting bigger to 13 big blinds instead of just 7. And at the time, I kind of read it for, wow, he's probably weak. He's probably just trying to bluff me off the hand. He's leaving himself 23 big blinds in case he can find a fold later on, in case I call in ugly flop hits or something. So I figure he's got a worse hand, but he probably has a lot of aces, maybe even king, queen, king, jack, queen, jack suited stuff that my ace queen is ahead of that he could potentially call. Of course he can call with sixes, sevens, eights as well, but my ace queen is about a chop with those. So I think it's a really good spot to come back over the top with a four bet. And I know he can call with worse hands, especially seeing as how I came back over the top with a four bet with ace deuce before. Yeah, he could believe that I could be doing the same kind of thing. So I do it with Ace-Queen, commit 22, my remaining 22 big blinds, Ace-Queen offsuit, and he calls. So I am all in. We're going to the flop. My Ace-Queen versus his Ace-9, and of course, a 9 hits on the flop. The turn of the river, a 7 and 3, give me no help whatsoever, and I'm knocked out of the tournament in this one. So good job, Y-Flopper, in the first hand, you had the best of it, and you doubled up through me. In the second hand, I had the best of it, and you knocked me out. Yeah, it happened. So thinking about this hand in the moment, I can't fault him. I can't fault my play either. Sure, one of us could have called. We could have folded instead of re-raising. But this is a great spot, and those dynamics from earlier on, he's been paying attention to the the way I'm playing. paying attention to his play as well it makes sense that we would get it all in pre-flop when I start with 22 he starts with 36 big blinds ace queen versus ace nine so I do not fault him I wish I would have won but I can't fault him for that play now last two hands as we were playing I tagged two different hands where I really believe I made a mistake so let's review those two the first is a queen jack offsuit the second seven five suited so the queen jack offsuit I am in the hijack. I open raise to three. Forks folds. Sauerkraut. uh, He holds ace-king offsuit. Doesn't feel like three-betting. He just calls and the blinds fold. So we're heads up. I'm out of position as the pre-flop raiser. I have queen-jack. I don't know it at the time, of course, but he has ace-king. Flop comes down. Ace-queen-six. I've got second pair. Weak-kicker. He got top pair. Top kicker, right? Eight big blind pot. Now, here's an important lesson. Uh a few weeks ago episode number 311 i'm sorry episode 312 i gave out six tips for sit and go play and these tips also apply to mtts they apply to cash games as well but the the third tip in this one was pay attention to stack sizes and in this hand right here i did not pay attention to my opponent's stack size what ended up happening was when he called pre-flop he left himself with 8.8 big blinds behind the pot is 8.3 on the flop he's basically committed it's a stack to pot ratio of one to one um and i know this player i've coached him before i have 24,000 hands on him right here so i'm pretty darn sure when i check because i hit that second pair decent kicker when he bets half pot committing half of his stack I should have known at the time that he had an ace. I think he would check behind most other uh, most other hands once I... He could throw out the bluff, but I think if he was bluffing, he would put out his entire stack. He would just shove for his eight big blinds into the eight big blind pot. But that half pot bet, looking at it after the fact, I didn't pay attention to his stack size. I, If I did, I would have realized that this is a value bet. I would have check folded by, with my second pair weak kicker. But I thought at the time, Like I said, didn't pay attention to stack size. I thought he could be bluffing here. So I decide to call and this kills me. As soon as that four hits, I look at his stack and I check and I think to myself, dang it, I screwed up. I didn't pay attention to stack size. I know he has an ace and then he shoves 4.6 into the 16 big blind pot. Now here's a mistake of, again, if you know somebody has you beat, it doesn't matter the price to call. I need 18% equity versus this quarter pot bet right here. So if he's bluffing one out of five, 20% of the time then I can call with my second pair hand. But I knew at the time that he's only doing this with an ace. He's only committing his entire stack with an ace. He has me crushed right here. I don't have enough outs to call to draw uh, to two queens or three jacks. Possible five outs, 10%. I need 18%. Terrible call. And I made the call. So two mistakes in this hand, not folding when I knew I should and not paying attention to his stack size right there. Of course, You know, when he's all in, he shows the ace, his ace king crushes my queen jack, 26 big blind pot, the three of diamonds on the river doesn't help, and he takes it down. He doubles up through me to 26 big blinds. I'm left with 27 big blinds right here. Now, on my other mistaken hand that I tagged, 7-5 suited, folds around to me. I'm in the cutoff. I decide to open race to three big blinds, 7-5 suited, started the hand with 47 big blinds. Forks decides to call the blinds fold so once again it's a bummer i'm out of position it's not exactly a bread and butter out of position um, uh, as the pre-flop raiser but it is against one other player so i have a lot of options up till this point forks has folded on the flop to c-bets 100 of the time or two out of two so if i completely miss it's not a bad spot to just c-bet bluff most of my range right here eek flop comes down ace queen 10 now, I see C-bet five big blinds in the 8.3 big blind pot, and I think this is a mistake. Even though he folds so much, last week in my seven effective tips for cash game players podcast, I put out this tip, number 13 or number two in this episode was consider their range. You always have to think about your opponent's range before you make any kind of bet, whether it's a value bet, bluff bet, C-bet, donk bet check raise all in whatever it is think about their range put them on a range gauge how well it interacts with the board now from what i know about uh forks right here when he calls me with two players left behind in the blinds and both one can three bet he's at four percent three bet but the other one's a tight aggressive player his call is going to because there's two players left to act it narrows his range probably to small and medium pocket pairs and Broadway cards, right? Now, because he has tons of broadways on this ace, queen, 10, he can hit a straight with king, jack. He can have two pair, queen, 10. He could have ace, jack for the top pair with a gut shot. He could have king, 10 for the bottom pair plus a gut shot. There's so many ways his Broadway heavy range hits this board. I think it's a terrible bet on my part. He does fold a lot, so he's probably folding all of his under pairs, and like, if he does have a suited connector, like 9-8 mm, of clubs that didn't hit a flush draw and didn't hit a good draw, two under cards, he's probably folding here, but I think I could have sized this a little bit smaller to save myself at least one big blind. I could have gone just half pot at 4.15 big blind bet bluff instead of 5, so I think that was a mistake on my part. The ace hits on the turn and I check because I was counting. I was hoping he would fold. He didn't fold. It means he has something easy spot for me to check fold from this point, but I really think I could have saved money and not c-bet that flop and just checked and then folded instead. Yeah, so two mistakes right here in this tournament. For the next one in November, I'm going to work to not make those mistakes and I'm going to take your chips from you. I'm going to win the next one or at least make it into the money that's the goal i can't say i'm going to right but thank you so much for watching the video if you're listening to this to this in the podcast thank you so much for listening please check out my tournament page smartpokerstudy.com/sps tournament for details on the next one mid to late november of 2020 and i hope to see you there